Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Let me welcome my guest, Evangelist Taylor Michael. How you doing tonight, bro? Well, it's such an honor to be on here with you. Man, I'm so excited to have you on. I feel the presence of God, man, the fire of God. I know God is going to do miraculous work tonight. I've been watching as God is raising you up. I don't know exactly how I found out about your ministry. I know it was obviously through the internet. I think somebody might have tagged me in a video, or maybe it was TikTok. You're all over TikTok. Um, if you guys don't know, he has 1.7 million followers on TikTok, and he's God is using him on TikTok and other social media to preach the gospel. So, man, you are one of those digital revivalists. You also travel and preach in person. God God is raising up. So, man, I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited to hear what God has given you to share tonight. I would love for you, bro, just to intro yourself, share your testimony, take your time, talk about, you know, how your upbringing was, how God saved you, and kind of just what you're doing now. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, for anyone that doesn't know me already, uh, I didn't grow up a believer. You know what? I didn't grow up knowing Jesus at all. For uh, I'm only 25 years old now, but I grew up the first 20 years of my life uh, knew very little. I knew the name of Jesus. I had heard the name of Jesus, but I never encountered him. I never met him. No one ever really told me about him or who he is or what mm. he did for me or what he was willing to do even today and now. See, a lot of people, what I've noticed in my Christian walk is oftentimes people fall victim to either leaving Jesus in the grave or in the manger. But the reality is he's not in the grave. He's not in the manger. He's alive. He rose. Jesus is not dead. He's very much alive. He's still working in power today. He's still setting people free. He's still cleansing the leper, healing the sick, raising the dead, delivering all the demons. He still does the same work. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He doesn't change. He's consistent. So the world's inconsistent. Your philosophy teacher in college is inconsistent. Come on, bro. All this goofy streams that you find yourself in in the world, they're inconsistent. God's word never changes. The flower will fade away. The grass will wither. God's word will never change. So when you encounter God's word, there's a consistency there. And growing up, I had no consistency in my mm. life. I didn't know the Lord. I didn't know God's word. There was no consistency. And it actually all started back when I was, when my mom was 11 years old. So my biological mom was 11 years old. She ran away from home. She had a terrible upbringing. She didn't get along with her family and, and all that junk. I don't need to get into details, but she ran away from home when she was 11 on the streets of Hollywood. And she did whatever she could to survive, raised herself all the way up into her early 20s. And my dad grew up in a broken home. So, I mean, they both grew up as far away as you can get from God, realistically. And uh, my dad was a troublemaker growing up, man, like getting kicked out of school, got arrested a ton and ended up falling down the path of drugs and alcohol. Same thing with my mom. And there's a, a little fun fact about the world the, there's an old uh, saying that says birds of a feather flock together. And it's the same way. Free people find free people or set people free mm -hmm. and broken people tend to find broken people. My dad was broken. My mom was broken. And naturally, those anointings come together. See, God anoints people, but the devil also anoints people. And these were two broken anointings that came together. And uh, a few months later, I was conceived. So they had no recollection of Jesus at all whatsoever. But to make a, a rather long story short in that process, when they found each other, they started a relationship. And it was based off drugs, is based off physical intimacy, is based off alcohol and partying and all that stuff in their early 20s. 
And uh, they ended up having about a six month relationship. My mom got pregnant with me and my dad was going downhill quick in his life. And just a disclaimer for everybody, I don't share any of this to ever dishonor my parents. I love my parents. The Bible says to honor your parents. I honor them. But the facts are the facts. There was just, there was a lot going wrong in life in that season of their lives. But uh, she gets pregnant with me and my dad's father, my grandfather, tells my father, he says, your life's going downhill quick. I'm going to buy you a one-way plane ticket to Alaska to go get sober. Either take the plane ticket or I'm disowning you from the family. I'll never support you. None of that. And so my father took the plane ticket and he took the plane up to Alaska and disappeared for months, went backpacking and got sober in Alaska. My biological mother stayed in California, but she wasn't able to get free from bondage. She wasn't able to get free from from drugs, from alcohol, and she ended up homeless and she gave birth to me. So she's homeless. She's an addict at the time. She's living out of her car and she's not able to take care of a child. And uh, it was it got so bad to a point where my body had like third degree burns on it because she couldn't afford to buy me new diapers and change my diapers. She couldn't afford to feed me. It was rough. And one thing led to another and my family caught wind of it. And perfect timing, praise God, my dad had just gotten sober and my dad caught wind of it. He was able to come back from Alaska. And when I was born, they named me Timothy Joel Stevens, but he came, swooped in with a new woman that he had met and actually kidnapped me, took me from my biological mother, flew me up to Alaska, and they changed my name to Taylor Michael Seaman. And uh, obviously I was too young, I didn't know any of that. But I said all of that to say this, when I got to Alaska, my dad was sober for about eight years. And I watched my dad be the most hardworking man I'd ever seen in my life. He worked three jobs. He paid for myself, for my stepmom, and for my two sisters. He took care of everything, paid for everything. But it only took one time for him to pick up the bottle again. It only took one time for him to go back down that path. And when he started drinking again, all hell broke loose in our family. And uh, the Bible says that when the Holy Ghost comes and cleans the house out, that those evil spirits will leave and they wander around in waterless places looking for a house to enter. And if they don't find any place to enter, they return back to the same house with seven spirits stronger than themselves. And I watched that literal spiritual law happen right before my eyes as a kid. And when my dad started drinking again, it all came back, but seven times stronger on his life. And uh, there was like some physicality that started happening in his marriage and things just got crazy quickly. And at the time, praise God that I had a best friend who was actually a pastor's kid and he would invite me to church sometimes on Sundays. And now I wasn't going to church as a little kid at eight years old because I knew Jesus or because I had a longing for God, even though I did internally. I believe people all have an internal longing for the Lord, just trying to get out of my home situation. So Mm. I was like, yeah, any opportunity that I can get the heck out of town, I'll go. Let's go to church. So I would get little seeds planted into my life, even as a kid. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 13, that the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer that scatters seed. Mm. It says the sower sows the word. And when that word is sown into your spirit, into your heart, it germinates. It gets in there. The Bible says that God's word never returns void. So when God's word gets into your spirit, it germinates and it will always bear fruit. No matter who you are, no matter how far gone you are, no matter what's happened in your life, the word of God, when it gets into your spirit, will always bear fruit. And it did even as a kid. I just didn't know it yet. But when I'm eight years old, my dad's alcoholism begins to take over his life again. And my stepmom files for divorce. They get divorced. 
My dad becomes extremely abusive and he gets custody of me. My stepmom gets custody of my sisters and uh, they stayed in Alaska. My dad took me back to California and I lived there for a few years. But I want to hit on something very powerful here because this is a huge part about my testimony. If there's one thing I know about this generation and a few generations right now, the one above us and the one below us, it's a fatherless generation. Yes. And a fatherless home will always lead to a backslidden family, no matter mm. what. The, the family needs a father figure. And for you, Isaiah, I, I extremely commend you, man. And I honor you because you're so intentional about honoring your family and being the man oh. in your house. So very well done. Your kids are going to bear much fruit because of that. And that's amazing. But my father was one of those people that just were not invested. I mean, he was lost. He was under the influence of evil spirits and he wasn't, he wasn't suited to be a father. And so I grew up in a fatherless home. And what happens when you grow up in a house without a father is that you immediately associate your earthly father with your heavenly father. So every time I look at my earthly father, I can't imagine a loving heavenly father because I'm like, I'm not signing up for another one of those. I've been through that. I don't need to go through that. But I want to let people know if you're watching this right now and you've grown up with daddy Mm. issues, if you've grown up without a father in the house, do not compare your earthly father with your heavenly father because the reality is your heavenly father loves you. He knew you before he even formed you in your mother's womb. He had a great plan for you to prosper you, never to harm you. Great plans for a future and not wrath, not destruction, not all of this stuff that the devil has planned for your life. The Bible in John chapter 10, verse 10 explains the, I would say T.L. Osborne said it this way, the evangelist T.L. Osborne, he said, it's the gospel in one verse, John 10, 10, the devil comes, the thief comes Mm. to steal, to kill and to destroy. Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. If you can get the separation in your mind that God is good, the devil is bad. The devil steals, kills, destroys marriages, homes, families. God blesses. He heals. He delivers. If you can get that separation in your mind and in your spirit, then you're set. Your theology is pretty much like 80% of the way right there if you can get that distinction. And uh, so I didn't have that distinction. I was unaware. I didn't think that God could love me because my father didn't love me. And so that's the trap that I grew up in. That's the lie that captivated my mind. So eventually my dad's drinking gets so bad that he ends up, we moved to Hawaii for a little bit, lived in Maui, Lahaina, Maui for a little bit there. And uh, for about two years and one day I woke up and my dad packed my bags. And he said, I'm not suited to be a father. I got to send you back to California to live with your aunt and your uncle. Uh, sorry, peace. <laughs> and so I get my bags packed and uh, I'm 11, 12 years old. He ships me off to live with my aunt and uncle and praise God for them, man. Lord bless my aunt and uncle because they raised me through middle school and high school and they helped me so much. I wouldn't be here without them. But I made a distinct I, I made my mind up in that moment of my life, in that season of my life, when I was about 12 years old, I said, I am not going to be that kind of man in my family. And that's mm-hmm. a word for you listening today. If you're somebody that's had to go through that, you don't have to be that kind of man in your family. This weapon right here, this word right here will ensure that you never, Come on. ever end up like that kind of man in your family. You can be an abundant blessing to your kids 
to your wife, to your city, to your region, to your nation. That's what God has in store for you. The Bible says that it's never entered into the eyes, into the ears, or into the heart of man what God has in store for those that love him. When you love God, what God has in store for you, you can't even imagine. It is so mm-hmm. far above, abundantly, exceedingly greater than you could ever think and or imagine. You just got to stay plugged in with God, and God will stay plugged in with you. And uh, I made a decision at that age of my life that I wasn't going to live like that. I'm not going to end up like that. And I remember telling myself, I'm going to excel in academics. I'm going to excel in athletics. So even though I was going in a different direction and it was a better direction, my identity was wrapped up in the things of the world. Mm. So I found myself excelling in academics, excelling in athletics, but I still had an identity issue. It still wasn't who God intended for me to be. But I started doing well, and I started getting uh, scholarship offers to go to different places. I became a top 100 athlete in the state of California, playing quarterback, and one thing led to another. And my senior year, just when I think I'm like up on my high horse, I get an injury, and my right shoulder, my throwing arm goes out, whack, done. And all of a sudden, the only options that I have left for school are Dixie State in Utah and Dort College in Iowa. It's a private, small Christian college reformed christian college crazy enough so like super cessationist like super opposite of where i've even ended up today but god used it hallelujah and so i end up taking this scholarship and when i get out to iowa uh i remember getting there and i want to share this because this is important this is important for people to understand because this is remember i spent 20 years of my life At this point, 18 years of my life, not knowing Jesus, no one led me to the Lord. Some people talked to me about him, but I had no no idea who he was. But I want you to hear what I have to say right now, because I met this guy when I got to this college and he looked me in the eye when I met him. And there was something different in this man's eye. The Bible says that the eye is the lamp of the body and that when your eye is singularly focused on Jesus, your whole body is light. When I encountered this man and I looked in his eye, you could have preached a hundred sermons to me about the eyeball. It didn't do it. When I encountered the eyes of Jesus in this man's eyes, that is when I realized that there's something different about the people that harvest the light, that harbor the light. Mm. The Bible says you are the light of the world, a light that lights up his own house. You don't put it under a bushel. You're a city on a hill. God intended for you to be that person so that guys like me, when they look in your eye, have an encounter with Jesus Christ. And that's what happened to me. I had that encounter and I didn't even know what it was, but I remember telling myself, this is so funny. You'll get a kick out of this. I'm sitting there at this college And they're taking me through this application process after I go on this tour. And I didn't know what it was when I looked in his eye, but I knew something was different. And I told myself, I'm going to go to college here if everybody is like this. And so I take the application form. And on the application form, it says, like, what's your hometown pastor? What's your hometown church? So I, like, Googled really quick on my phone. (laughs) Hometown pastor, hometown church. And uh, totally lied. Best lie ever told. But don't, don't lie. I'm not endorsing lying. Don't do that. But uh, at the time, I didn't know better. And God used what the enemy intended for evil and flipped it for good. Praise the Lord. And uh, so I lied. I said I got like hometown pastor, hometown church, and I got accepted into the school. Got a scholarship. They paid for most of my schooling, and I go there. However, this is another fun fact. Christian atmospheres sometimes can just host a title. But it doesn't mean that they're actually walking in the ways that God intends. Right. And that's why we talk about holiness tonight, because there is power in holiness. So when I went to this Christian college, even though I saw one person with something different in his eye, 
that was kind of the only person I saw was something different in his eye. But praise God that I did. Because when I got there, the atmosphere wasn't any different than, and this isn't to like bash the school, it's just the truth, but the atmosphere wasn't any different than most worldly atmospheres. Mm. And the thing is, if what people got to get right in the church is that if you don't have something that the world doesn't have to offer, then they're never going to be attracted to you. Come if on. everything the world has is everything you have in your church, if you got depression, you got anxiety, you got alcoholism, adultery, pornography, if all that stuff is running rampant in your church, you don't look any different. You're just dressed up as the world. And when you're dressed up as the world, the world wants nothing to do with you. All it is mm -hmm. is a title. Christianity is just a title if you're not walking it out. And there's power in walking it out. And the beautiful thing is here, here's the thing that people, people got to understand. You got to get this. This will, this will change your life. The same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. That same spirit in you is the power to enable you to walk holy. The same power, the same grace that Jesus had to walk holy on this earth is the same power, same grace available to you to break the chains of bondage when it comes to sin for the rest of your life. You don't have to walk in it. You don't have to be a slave to it. Those chains will fall off today in the mighty name of Jesus forever, forever. You never have to go back. They'll fall off today in Jesus name. And so when I got to this school, uh, I started doing well in football and, and things were going great, but I found myself in the party scene. And all of a sudden I was going down the same yep. path that my dad took and I didn't wow. even realize it, but it was, it was spiritually hereditary. We'll put it that way. It was generational. It was something that needed to be broken in the spirit, but I was unaware. I wasn't even bored again yet. So I spent my first three years in college drinking. Doing, and by the time I was 20 years old, I'm drinking like four or five days a week. Uh, I had hip surgery, so I'm on like Percocet, Hydrocodone, Oxycontin. Uh, I was buying Adderall from kids that had a prescription just to get through my classes. It was bad. I went through a breakup of three years, so my depression just, it was nuts. I was depressed anxious. My life was a wreck. On the outside, it seemed fine. Everything seemed cool. I like I got my college paid for. I'm the party guy. I'm having fun. My my ability to evangelize, I was born with. So I'm just evangelizing to Come the on. bars instead of the church. So I'm like still using the gift and the grace that God gave me, but totally in the wrong direction. And my life on the inside was a train wreck. I was depressed. I was anxious. I I I felt rejected. I, I didn't think God would want anything to Come do with on. me. And then what happened was the best thing that's ever happened in my life. And I got kicked out of college. When I got kicked out of college, I got kicked out twice, by the way, but we'll get into that. I got kicked out the first time. I got kicked out the first time for, for partying too much. If you party and get caught in the Christian college, you get kicked out. And I got caught too many times. And so after my fourth time of getting caught, I get kicked out. And I remember all I heard was these lies that were told to me all growing up. You're going to be just like your dad. You're going to go down the same path your dad went down. All these voices wow. started to ring back in my life. And I called this guy that I had just met. His name was Mike. And uh, he was training me in business. I used to do like fitness modeling and uh, physical training, all that stuff. So I would sell supplements. I was in direct sales while I was being a personal trainer. And he was mentoring me in direct sales. And he had a very similar testimony, except he grew up in the church, but he walked away from God at a very young age. And he got lost in the party scene, ended up dating a stripper, like all this crazy wow. stuff. He was a meth head. And then the spirit of God radically fell on him one day, delivered him immediately, and he never went back. 
And he started to share this testimony with me. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith cometh by Come hearing on. and hearing the word of God. And it says in Revelation 12, 11, that we defeat the spirit of the Antichrist by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So he began to build my faith and he let me know that God really is no respecter of persons. Mm. He doesn't pick favorites. What God did in his life, he began to tell me he'll do it in my life. And so I called him when I got kicked out. And I said, hey, man, I know I can't go home. I don't have a degree. My family's going to reject me. They're just going to tell me I, I'm going to be just like my dad. I can't do this. I'm ashamed. What do I do? And he said, Talon, I'll take you under my wing. I'll train you up in business. I'll show you how to make money. And I'll train you in the ways of the Lord. And that's what he did. And just like I mentioned earlier, he began to sow the word of God into me like crazy. We'd go on these long business trips, six-hour car rides. And at the time, I hated it. But it changed my life, man. The word of God got inside of me. And I was like, I don't care about this Jesus guy. I, he's a And I just, I didn't know any better. But all I knew was that this guy had something figured out. He had a stable family. He wasn't divorced. He had four or five kids that he was taking care of. He was making great money. He was like, he was living a solid life. And it seemed like people will relate with this. You'll, you'll notice things in life. There's two groups of people, and it explains this in Deuteronomy chapter 30. He says, today I give you two paths, basically. Come on. Life and blessing or death and cursing. Yep. You'll notice when you look at people, they're either living a life that's leading to death and cursing, or they're living a life of blessing and life. And that's with God. The other one is the way of the world. So all I knew from the outside looking in was this guy had life and blessing, and my life was just drenched in death and cursing. Mm. So I listened to everything that he said. And one thing led to another after months and months of sowing the word into me. On September 29th, 2017, he looked me in the eye and he said, Talon, I think you're ready. Do you want to give your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And I did. And he baptized me, me, him, and God is our witness in the Black Hills of South Dakota on September 29, 2017. And my life was never the same after that. Wow, man. You have such a testimony, bro. I was thinking about just your upbringing, the way that God kept sparing your life. God kept saving you, protecting you. And then now God using you the way he's using you on TikTok, on social media, preaching. And I just think of this verse when I think of my own testimony as well, is that God takes the lowly things, that God is looking for the uneducated, the unqualified, and that God raises them up, that God has raised you up. God has raised me up. God is raising people up. There's 2,100 of you listening. This is not just his testimony because many of you listening, you have this story. Man, you might be right now broken. You might be right now hurting. You might be right now depressed and God is throwing you a lifeline. God is calling you. I know many of you were saying that you were crying earlier when he was sharing a story about his father and God today is giving you a new revelation of the father that your heavenly father, the Bible said, if you being evil know how, they, know how to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly father want to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? So you have to understand God is not holding out on you. The same way God has raised up Talon, God wants to raise you up. God wants to pour out his spirit on you and his anointing on you and use you in these last days. And bro, I know, I know we're on the same page. I'm convinced that we are living in the last days, that God is raising up an end time army in these last days that are 
going to assault Satan's kingdom and set the captives free. You have been anointed, friend. I'm telling you that you have been anointed to set the captives free. You've been anointed to be like my brother that he met at college, to have the light of Christ on the inside of you. And this is what, this is such a perfect testimony to go into what we're talking about tonight, because this is what holiness does. Holiness sets us apart so that people can see the life of God on the inside of us. And this is something we don't hear about, Taylor, in the church anymore. We don't hear messages of holiness. Holiness is not popular in the church of today. Holiness is not preached in the church of today. And let me go as far to say, holiness is rejected in the church of today. The moment you begin to preach holiness, the moment you begin to preach consecration, the moment you begin to preach separation, they're gonna come out and call you legalistic. But let me tell you that holiness will always look like legalism to those that are lukewarm. Friend, holiness is not something God forces on you. It's a desire that you have when you encounter God. I remember my encounter with God. I wanted to get rid of everything. I was like, Lord, what can I get rid of? I mean, I'm throwing everything away. I'm burning everything. I'm breaking games. I'm breaking, deleting music. I'm breaking movies. I'm breaking up with girlfriend. I'm breaking up with friends. I'm like, I'm just removing everything out of my life. And because what I encountered was so much greater. Guys, when we're talking about holiness, we're not talking about something where it's like, I have to do this. I have to lay this down and I don't want to separate. This is happy holiness. This is me saying, I want to separate my life unto God. I want to separate my life into the ministry. I was thinking today, about the seraphim that surround the throne singing holy 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 they're not singing grace 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 they're not singing mercy 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 they're not singing prosperity prosperity prosper prosperity they're saying lord you are holy there is no one like you you are unlike any other god to whom can we compare you to you are set apart unique and holy this is the response guys that we have that Talon had that i had when we encounter the lord that he is holy and there's no one like him i am unholy and you are holy this is the feeling i had bro when i got saved like Isaiah chapter six, where the Bible says that Isaiah encounters the Lord, that the voices shook the temple to its foundation. And the Bible says the entire building was filled with smoke. And then this is Isaiah's response to encountering God. This is the biblical response to an encountering the presence of God. Isaiah said, I'm undone. I'm doomed. It's all over. I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people who have filthy lips yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. And the Bible says one of the seraphim flew down with a burning coal and touched his lips and said, this coal has touched your lips. Your guilt has been removed and your sins forgiven. And then he said, I heard the Lord asking, whom shall I send? And this is the call you got. This is the call I got. This is the call that God is ringing out tonight. Whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And here is Isaiah's response. Here I am, Lord, send me. When Isaiah recognized in the holiness of God that I am a man of unclean lips, that I am unholy, he recognized that God was marking him and God was calling him. And this is the true essence of holiness. It's the separation. It's being set apart. I remember this clearly. This is the response that God wants you to have is when you begin to separate yourself, you begin to consecrate. If you're like everybody else, you're not holy. If you're going down the same stream, as every, come on, who am I preaching to? 2,200 of you tonight. When you're going down the same stream of everybody else, that is not a holy life. So God is calling you tonight, calling me, calling Taylor to go to that next level of holiness, that next level of consecration. You could jump in here if you want to, bro. You could interrupt me at any time, but I really believe that holiness needs to be popular again. Holiness is 
We need to make holiness great again because there is power when we live that holy life, that consecrated life. Absolutely. Yeah, I think people, <laughs> the thing is, is he's called the Holy Spirit. He's not called like the filthy spirit. He's not called the sinning spirit. And the Holy Spirit, God's power is actually attracted to holiness. Come I like to think of myself, your heart. The Bible says in John chapter seven, Jesus said, all those men that are thirsty, come unto me and drink and you will never thirst again. And out of your heart, out of your belly, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. He's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. So in essence, your heart is a faucet for the power of God. But if you got junk in your faucet, then the power of God's going to be on. limited when it flows. And that's that's one of the keys. I mean, there's a couple of things I wrote down. Like number one, like we've been talking about, holiness is actually a standard. And if people mm. could get that holiness, according to 1 Peter chapter 116, I'll, I'll read it. I'll read it because I, I just love it, man. This will change people's lives. This will change your life. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. That's what God says about his people. Be set apart. Be separate from the world. Be holy as I am holy. That's actually the standard. So when we realize, all right, the standard is holiness, then we realize that there's actually value in being holy. I know in my own testimony, oh, goodness. When you taste and see that the Lord is good, hallelujah, you don't want anything else, man. I've tried drugs. I tried alcohol. I tried women. There was like, there is nothing, nothing that will compare to when you taste God. And I tasted God. When I tasted, and, and I can kind of circle back with this, I think the answer, I know the answer, is the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Come when on. you remove the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire out of the body of Christ, you lose holiness because the baptism yes. of the Holy Ghost and fire is the fire. Fire is spoken about multiple times in the Bible. I think about Jeremiah when he said, I can't hold in the word of the Lord. It's like a fire shut up inside my bones. But then you also see where Paul talks about there's different works that happen in your Christian life. Some are gold, some are silver, but some are wood and some are clay. The fire removes the wood and the clay and only the real substance is left over. So whatever needs to be burned out of your life, that's what goes out of your life when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And that's what I experienced in my own life. Now, there was there was a seed planted in my heart when I got born again, which was the Holy Ghost. He came to live inside of me. And when he came to live inside of me, I had conviction for the yes. first time in my life. And when I was convicted, when you obey the voice of the Lord, he'll never lead you astray. And so I would obey these convictions and he began to clean me from the inside out. But the Holy Ghost and fire, six months later, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. I spoke out in other tongues. And when that happened, Something shifted. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that you'll be endued with power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And that's what happened. I went from this Christian life where I was hungry. I wanted to draw near to God. I wanted Him. And I made a conscious decision to say, I don't want the world anymore. I want only Jesus. And kind of like you said, I laid everything down. I got out of a relationship like that night. I, I was in a relationship with another woman. And I made a decision that night. I'm done. She's not serving the Lord. I'm out of here. Jesus, I just want you. And the power of God fell on me the very next day. And I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. And that was like the signature moment where I realized I would never, ever be the same. 
And suddenly, holiness wasn't really hard. The sanctification prop or uh, uh, the sanctification process wasn't really hard because it wasn't me doing it in my flesh. It wasn't me doing it in my natural strength. It was the grace of God coming on my life to empower me out of something I couldn't break on my own. See, people, if if we read the Bible in, in the Gospel of John, it says Jesus was full of grace and full of truth. If Jesus lived with no sin, why was he full of grace? Because grace is not only the power to forgive your sins, it's the power to make sure you don't live in sin. Mm. Jesus had that same grace on him that he would never walk in sin. And that same grace is available to you today. So I want to let people know right now, I prophesy over your life. Mm. If you're struggling with addiction, if you're in bondage, if there's been sin in your life that you just haven't been able to break, don't lean on your own flesh. Today, the Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. The power and the spirit of God will set you free right now in Jesus' mighty name. Whatever it is that you've struggled with, you turn away from it today, you never give into it again. It leaves your life now in Jesus' mighty name. So good. I remember when I encountered the Holy Spirit, which is, this is the game changer because I was raised in church. I stopped going when I was 16 and I encountered the Holy Spirit and I had that same Isaiah chapter six moment where I realized I genuinely didn't know that my cussing, my pornography, my sleeping around, my everything I was doing fornication was truly hurting God. Like you feel the hurt that God has towards sin. And that's why when David sinned, and this is the first time we actually see the word Holy Spirit in the Bible, he said, don't take your Holy Spirit from me because he recognize that the Holy Spirit doesn't dwell with unholy people, with unholy vessels. And I recognize that when I encounter the Holy Spirit, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come and convict the world of sin. The Holy Spirit comes and wants to bring conviction. If you're struggling with conviction, if there's not a wounding, if there's not a pain on the inside of you, when you're doing these things, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to empower you and to come upon you. And maybe, maybe you need to be refilled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need a fresh touch. The Bible says, do not be drunk on wine. Do not be filled with wine, but be full of the Holy Spirit. This is not a one-time thing. I think about how much I used to drink and I drank almost every day. But why is it we used to drink every day, but now we only get full of the Holy Spirit once a year? Some of you are like, oh, I got full of the Holy Spirit when I was eight. But when's the last time? You got full of the Holy Spirit because tonight the Holy Spirit wants to fill you. He wants to empower you. And I want to also say this holiness is not about what, uh, not about what you can't do, but it's about what you can do. So many believers are known by what they can't do. Oh, believers, you're not allowed to go to the movies. You're not allowed to go watch this. You're not allowed to go do this. You're not allowed to listen to this, but holiness is not about what I'm not able to do. It's what I am able to do. It's about the fact that I'm, I'm able to lay hands on the sick because of holiness. I'm able to have peace during turbulent times. I'm able to drive out demons. I'm able to walk in the peace and the presence of God. I am now able because of holiness to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm now able to preach with power and to preach with authority. So guys, you have to realize living this holy consecrated life gives me access to all that God has for me because God says I have all this design for you I've given you all things pertaining to life and godliness but if you're not living the holiness the consecrated life you're not eligible to receive every blessing I have because the spirit of God will not strive with those that are living an unholy unseparated unconsecrated life because the spirit of God doesn't strive with compromised Christians now some of you are having a hard time 
because you got taught that all you had to do is pray a prayer and Jesus would come build a treehouse in your heart and you can live however you want. Many of you got taught that you don't have to live a holy life, that you can still watch what you want to watch. You can still listen to what you want to listen to. You can still drink what you want to drink. You can still have the girlfriend or the boyfriend and you don't have to separate, but God has called you to a life of holiness. Remember when God told Moses, he said, Moses, I can't go with you. You guys are rebellious. You guys are sinful. You guys are in compromise. I'm going to send an angel. And, and Moses says, if you don't go with us, how will they know that we are your chosen people? In other words, we are not holy, will not be holy or set apart if we don't have the presence of God. So understand, guys, this is not about striving. The presence of God is what makes us holy and gives us the power to live a holy life. It's what separates us. It's what consecrates us. And it's the fact that I no longer want to do these things. People are like, you can't do that. It's not that I can't do it. It's that I don't want to do it. It's that Jesus is so much better than the music, the movies, the pornography, the culture, the going down, you know, the same path. This is that narrow road life, narrow road life that God is calling you to live. I've given my body to God. I tell people this, Taylor, all the time. I said this last night in my broadcast. People are like, oh, you don't watch that or you don't go there. No, I'm not, I'm not able to because my body doesn't belong to me. My eyes belong to God. My hands belong to God. My body parts belong to God. Romans chapter 12. I've given my body on the altar of living sacrifice. So I'm not fighting this desire to do something. I've surrendered my life to Christ. And Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified. It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live, I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So guys, we have to be a holy people, a set-apart people, a different people. Holiness is when you decide I'm not going the same direction as everybody else. Everybody else in the church might be watching this. Everybody else in the church might be listening to this or doing this or going there. But you know what? God has called me to a life of holiness. And let me say this. I feel the Holy Ghost when I say this. The lukewarm Christians around you are not going to understand holiness. They're not going to understand the path you've been called. You've been called to be a pioneer. You've been called to be on the narrow road. So stop waiting for all your lukewarm friends to agree with you. Stop waiting for all your lukewarm friends to try to say, oh yeah, they're going to call you crazy. The path of holiness looks like craziness to the average American consumerized church that is in, in the most part, bro, they're walking in compromise. We're preaching a compromised gospel. We're preaching a gospel that says you can do whatever you want. But I believe and I prophesy that holiness is still powerful, that holiness is still the standard and that God, I'll pass it back to you here, but that God has still called us to live a holy life. Let me say this last thing. Holiness really has become the lowest priority in the church. When you get hired to be a pastor, they don't ask you, do you live holy? When's the last time you've had a believer say, do you live holy? Or are you holy? Or are you living in, in holiness? We don't even hear the word holiness any longer, but this is the standard, as the Bible you just quoted says, that you need to be holy as God is holy. So it's not optional. It's actually a commandment by God. And so don't be afraid. I know you, many of you in the chat are saying, I get called crazy. They're going to call you crazy because they don't understand the life that God has called them to live because we don't read the Bible. We don't, we don't have encounters. We don't preach encounters. But I believe that holiness, as you said, is the standard today. Absolutely. Man, I think holiness is cool. And I think that's where people are like missing out. The world will, the devil, the one thing he wants to get you to, to think is that, ah, 
it's not cool to live holy, man. You, you want to fit in with the crowd. You want to fit in with your friends. You want to fit in with your backslidden pastor. It's come on. It is so cool to be holy because here's the thing that people got to get. If you can get this into your spirit, it'll change everything. If everybody in the world is for you, but God is against you, it doesn't matter. Mm. You will lose every time. But if everybody in the world is against you and God is for you, it doesn't matter. You will go up and up. He'll always make sure that you're on top and not below. He says that your enemies will come against you one way, but they'll flee before you seven ways. So when you're plugged in with God, the Bible says greater is he in you than he who is in the world. So it doesn't matter who thinks what is cool. God sets the standard for what is cool. The world does not set the standard for what is cool. The Bible says submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. He gets so sissied out when you resist him that he flees from you. All you got to mm. say, here's a, I'll share a cool story from Smith Wigglesworth from back in the day. Smith Wigglesworth was waiting to get on this bus. He was a British evangelist, for those of you that don't know him. And he's waiting to get on this bus. And at this bus stop, as the bus rolls up, a woman walks out of her house. But this little dog, a chihuahua-looking thing, runs out after her. And they get onto the bus, and this dog is playing around. And at first, it's kind of cute. She says, no, you can't come with me. I got to get going and go back to the house. But the dog doesn't listen. And so she's walking onto the bus and the dog follows her on the bus and she says, get out of here. You got to go in the house. And the, the dog doesn't listen. Finally, the bus driver says, lady, I got to go either get off the bus or get your dog off the bus. And she kicks the dog and says, get out of here. And the dog like runs with its tail between its legs back into the house. And Smith Wigglesworth stands up in the back of the bus and he says, that's how you got to talk to the devil. Come because on. it's true. Like, if you resist the devil like that, he's a pansy. Sorry if that's, like, offensive to Come some people. On. The devil's a pansy. Little Lucy is a pansy. And holiness is cool. Holiness is the standard. The world does not set that standard. I'm telling you that right now. And you, if you think about it, what's the common theme that you see in the Bible, literally from Adam to Abraham to Moses to Joshua to, to, to David to Solomon, all the way through the Bible? God says, Hearken unto my word, obey my word, meditate on it day and night. Do not depart from it to the left or to the right, and you will be blessed. You will succeed in all that you do. Because when you plug in with God, God plugs in with you. Mm. And that's the point, that when you stay within the confines of the word of God, you will be unbelievably blown away at what God's word will do in your life. When I received revelation of that, oh my goodness, my life went through the roof. Like, are, are trials and tribulations going to come? Absolutely. Things are going to come in your life. But guess what? You got a cheat sheet for every single one. You have the answer to pass every test in life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Bible says that one, God doesn't tempt you. And any temptation that comes your way is not uncommon to any man. And number two, it says right after that, every temptation that comes your way, God has already provided a way out if you'll call on his name. So God's already set you up for success. He's already set you up. The Bible says you're more than a conqueror through Christ. That doesn't mean you're going to be a conqueror. It doesn't mean that you're only a conqueror right now. It says you're more than a conqueror. You've already plundered hell. You've ar you're already seated in heavenly places with Christ. He's defeated. He's so far beneath your feet. It's like, it's embarrassing. It's a nightmare. That poor guy, like he's crying right now. The devil's so far away from you. 
Don't let him have a hold on your life. It's not even worth it. When you plug in with God, you will be shaken to the core. When you see how God moves in your life, in your family's life, in your marriage, in your business, in your ministry, God will do amazing things that will blow your mind when you plug in with him. And that's all in holiness. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. When you fall so in love with Jesus, you can't help but keep his commandments. You can't help but feed on his word. You can't help but spend time in his presence. And when that captivates your heart and it captivates your mind, there's no going back. There is no high like the most high. Just like Isaiah said, it says, don't be drunk on wine, but be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, I've tried drugs. I tried drinking alcohol. It's nothing compared to the Holy Ghost. When you get the Holy Ghost in you, whoo, I'm telling you what, everything that the world calls cool, it will fade away. Just like that old song says, the things of this world will grow strangely dim. The things of the world, they grow strangely dim when you're captivated with Jesus Christ. So good. And I wanted to point something out too. When we talk about holiness, and I've had this debate for years of preaching, like I tell people, I'm a holiness preacher. Like I don't even tell people my convictions because people already get scared, let alone know my personal convictions. But I am, I, I got saved holiness. I preach holiness. I believe God's called us to be holy. I've taken flack from it through the years from leaders and pastors that say, you don't have to do all that. It doesn't have to take all that. You don't have to go that far. You're too radical. But here's the thing. Many people believe, Taylor, that holiness is automatic. When it's not righteousness and holiness are two different things okay any of you that are confused righteousness is what happened when you were born again you were made righteous which is mean basically means right standing with god because of what jesus did on the cross so because of what jesus did on the cross i am automatically made righteous with god i can't do anything to afford it i believe in it i put my faith in it i repent of my sins i made righteous with god holiness is when you separate yourself so holiness is not something that God does automatically. I'm going to show you this in scripture. It's when you separate yourself. And to be separate means to be set apart, to disunite from something, come on, to divide, to sever, to disconnect, to part company, to go in a different direction, to cease to be associated with, or to become distinct. So this is when you decide that I am now disconnecting myself from the world. I'm now disconnecting myself from my old hobbies. I'm now disconnecting myself from my old addictions. I'm now disconnecting myself from my old mindset and I'm separating myself. This is not something that God is doing because God has already called you to be holy. He's already separated you. You're a chosen person. You're a royal priesthood. You You are called to be holy. The call to holiness takes action. If I call you, you don't automatically answer because the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Now that means this, God calls everybody but very few people answer the call of God. Many of you put God on silent. Many of you ignore the call of God. And those that answer are those that are called, are those that are chosen. It's not God saying, I've only chose some of you. He says, I've called every one of you, but very few people are choosing to take the call of holiness. So holiness is a decision of your will to live a life that pleases God. It's not automatic. Many people are Christians. Write this down if you're taking notes, but they are not holy. They don't live in holiness. Holiness is another level that God has called you. That's why Paul said, some are going to be saved 
Barely. He says they're barely going to escape the fire while others are going to have a great reward. Why? Because some did not choose the life of holiness. They didn't choose the life of service. And so we're not arguing that you're not saved if you're not holy, but we're saying if you want God to use you, Paul made it clear, there's wooden vessels and there's golden vessels. So he said, listen, if you want to be a wooden vessel, a common Christian, where you just show up and warm a pew and you just take up space in a church somewhere. You could still be saved and God will use you, but you're common. But he says the golden vessels are set apart, separated for the work of God. And those are the Christians that do great and mighty exploits for God. So anyone that tries to tell you, oh, every believer is equal and the same, that's not scriptural. Paul said some are golden, some are special, set apart because they chose to be holy and some are wooden. So here's a conclusion. You must participate in holiness. Some of you say, no, I'm holy because of Jesus. That's not what the Bible says. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one says, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us notice what Paul says. Let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. So Paul didn't say, let God cleanse you. He said, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And he said, some of you are praying, Lord, cleanse me, but you're still watching dirty movies. You're still listening to dirty music. You're still hanging around the wrong people. And Paul said, don't pray that God would cleanse you. Paul said, you do it. Get rid of what you need to get rid of. Now, how do I cleanse myself? You get rid of things in your life that Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, are defiling your body or your spirit. I had to cleanse myself. I had to get rid of friends. I had to get rid of relationships. I had to get rid of music and movies and video games, things that defiled my spirit, things that defiled my body. And Paul says, this is how you become holy, is you separate yourself. You work towards, Paul said, complete holiness because the fear of the God, fear of God. So the fear of God produces a desire in us to work towards complete holiness complete separation, complete consecration. And this is, bro, what I've decided. I'm going to live my life on the pathway of holiness. People say, why don't you get tattoos? Why don't you do this? Why don't you go there? Am I going to argue that it's sin? No, I'm not going to argue with you. All I'm going to tell you is that might be okay for you, but it's not okay for me. I'm on the highway of holiness. I'm on the pathway of holiness. I'm on the journey to be more like Jesus. Am I there? No, I'm working towards it. Paul says we're working towards complete holiness because of the fear of God. We're working towards holiness. It's not something that happens automatically. We have to cleanse ourselves and we have to work towards it. So what is the promises that Paul says because of these promises? The promises are in 2 Corinthians 6.16 where Paul quotes the Old Testament where God says, I will live among you. I will walk among you. I will be your God and you will be my people. So God says, if you consecrate yourself, If you work towards complete holiness, if you set yourself apart to me, he goes, I'm going to walk among you. I'm going to dwell among you. So if you want the presence of God to dwell among you, you need to live a consecrated life because unholiness grieves the Holy Spirit. Unholiness grieves the presence of God. So if you want the presence of God, I'll I'll pass you here in a minute here, but we need to live that consecrated, that holy life. So stop listening to preachers and pastors that tell you, you're automatically holy because Jesus lives in you. I had someone tell me that recently. Like, stop preaching on holiness and separation. We're already holy because of what God. No, we're already righteous because what Jesus did. We're holy because we've chosen to live a holy life. We've chosen, but Paul says, to cleanse ourselves, 
to wash ourselves because of the purchased blood of Jesus, what he did on the cross. Now I appropriate that and I choose to live holy. But don't be out doing all this demonic stuff and say, oh, I'm holy because of Jesus. No, you're holy because you chose by free will to cleanse your life of things that are defiling your body. That's right. I think about, I mean, I just got this picture when you said that of like some guy sitting at the bar, like just putting down a 40 ounce saying, man, thank God I'm holy because Jesus on, made me on. holy. Like, oh, with, just like you said, when the Holy Ghost, when he lives in you, the Bible says he comes to convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. So the Holy Ghost in you, like if you have the Holy Spirit, it's impossible. You can't just live however you want, man. I couldn't. I mean, some people can sear their conscience. I know there's there's people out there like that. But man, the Holy Ghost will help you in that. So lean on the Holy Spirit. But I really like what you said, because I know that one thing I wanted to talk about tonight was evangelism and flowing in the power of God. And oftentimes you can hear a message about holiness and people can say, you know what? You're right. Maybe I should start living holy, but I know human nature and human nature is that if there's not value attached to somebody, if people don't know the value behind something, it's very hard for them to grasp it. So I want to, like we're talking about here, holiness is important. Why? There's value in it. Just like Isaiah said, one, you receive rewards for it and you become an honorable vessel used for honorable works. The Lord will use you and putting down a 40 might be cool. Hitting a jewel might be cool. Sleeping with a different woman every weekend might be cool to you. It's not, but it might be cool to you. I'll tell you what's cool. Watching the dead get raised, watching demons get cast out, watching eyeballs grow back in somebody's skull, watching limbs grow back because of the power of God that's flowing through an individual. And that comes by, one, the power of the Lord and his spirit, but holiness. When people are sanctified, they consecrate themselves to the Lord. That's the kind of stuff that happens in their ministry. And now if you want a boring ministry and just like you said, if you just want to warm a pew and sit in there on a three point sermon on how to tie your shoes and everyone looks like they were baptized in pickle juice, go for it, man. If that's your kind of crowd, you go for it. But I'll tell you what, it is boring. It's not fun. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter one, verse nine, that Jesus was anointed more with the oil of gladness because he hated wickedness and he loved righteousness. He loved living holy. He loved doing the things of God, pleasing the heart of God, and he hated wickedness. And because of that, just like Isaiah said, he was taken to a whole nother level. The Bible teaches that Jesus was given the spirit without measure. Jesus, everywhere he went in Matthew 4, 23, it says he would teach, he would preach, and he would heal all the sick. Jesus would go in, teach the word, preach the word, get faith in their spirit, and heal anyone that came to him. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power to heal all. He went around doing good healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Not some, not most, all. And he's the same. He doesn't change. And that same power lives in you if you do, in fact, have the spirit of Christ. So what's the value behind holiness? You can walk this life like Jesus called us to walk. Greater signs than these. Just like the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this life. Not as he was, not as he's going to be. As he is now at the right hand of God in a position of authority over all the works of the enemy. You can go around and preach anointed messages. You can go into cities and become a city shaker. You can turn your church upside down, Mm. your school upside down, your place of business upside down. God will use you to shake nations. 
when you tap into the power of holiness and you consecrate your life. And I'll tell you what's much cooler than going to a party and being that guy that's always in your hometown for the next 30 years or that girl that everyone in your hometown knows. You might be hometown popular, but you're not Billy Graham popular. You're Come not on. Catherine Kuhlman popular. You're not Oral Roberts popular. You're not. That is like, I'm telling you what, God will take the humble and put them in a place to shake this planet. I think about in Acts chapter 17, the Bible refers to the apostles and they say, are these the men that flipped this world upside down? God will literally use anybody. He doesn't pick favorites. He'll use a little David who's out attending the sheep. He'll use you to flip this world upside down. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how young you are. Doesn't matter how far gone you are. If God can grab me and God can grab Isaiah, God will grab you tonight and use you to be one of those people that will flip this world upside down. If you're somebody that's going to receive that, I want you to type, I receive it in the chat because that's a word for anybody if you're listening to me right now. Come on, we're going to pray because here's the thing. In a, um, We're going to go on a little bit longer here, but you have to realize the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to help you live the holy life. How does he help you? Remember, the Holy Spirit's not the doer. He's the helper. The way that he helps you is he highlights the things in your life that are not holy. He highlights the thing in your life that are not consecrated or set apart. In fact, in Hebrews 12, chapter 12, verse 14, it says, work at living in peace with everyone. And work, listen to what it says here, because I know a lot of you are those grace, grace Christians where you think you don't have to do anything, you could be lazy because of the grace of God. But I want you to notice what the writer of Hebrews says. He says, and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Notice this. This is something that you need to highlight, underline, mark, tab, whatever you have to do. Hebrews chapter 12 tells you if you're not holy, you're not going to see the Lord. So the question has to be, would you rather see the movie or see the Lord? Come on, help me preach tonight. Would you rather see that girlfriend naked or see the Lord? Would you rather see that pornography or see the Lord? Would you rather see, you know, your your business striving or something happening or this going or see the Lord? Because if you're not choosing holiness, listen to me closely tonight. If you're not choosing holiness, you're choosing something else. You're saying something else is better than seeing the Lord. And when I encounter the God, I realize that there was nothing better to see than the Lord. And I'm going to choose him over every ungodly music, every ungodly movie, every ungodly relationship. So you need to work hard, work hard at living a holy life. The holy life is not the easy life. The easy life is doing what everybody else is doing. The holy life is saying, I'm going to work at this thing because I want to see the Lord. Those who are not holy. And now this sounds crazy if it was just me or Talon telling you, but this is what your Bible says. Those who are not holy. This is not old covenant. Will not see the Lord. So faith is how you please the Lord. Holiness is how you see the Lord. And I want to see a move of God. I want to see and participate. I want to see the Lord. And so holiness gives me the ability to see the works of God. And you got to notice this. It's a participation. First Peter 1.15 says, but, be ye who is call, be, but he who called you is holy, so you also be holy. And this is something Talon said earlier. He, but he says, be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. So notice where are we supposed to be holy? Okay, because this is what people are confused, Talon. Like, how am I holy? Where at? In your conduct. 
What is my conduct? My conduct is my behavior. It's my hobbies. It's how I walk. It's how I talk. It's what I listen to. It's what I watch and it's my activities. So here's what he's saying in 1 Peter 1.15. He's saying in how you talk, in your hobbies, in your what you're watching and listening to, you need to be holy. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 says, For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. So you got to realize this is a choice we have to make in our everyday life to be holy. 2 Timothy 1, 9, He who has saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of your works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave in Christ Jesus before the ages begin. So he saved us and called us to a holy calling. So you have a holy calling. You have a set-apart calling that you're missing if you're not choosing holiness in your conduct. So we need to choose this life of holiness. We need to ask the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray here in a minute. I know we're an hour and 10 in here, but we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to consecrate us, to set our life apart, and to disconnect us from the world. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. We need to be separated. There needs Mm -hmm. to be a difference between us and them. So is there a difference between the way you talk and the way people in the world talk? Is there a difference between your actions and the people in the world? Is there a difference between your ambitions, your motives, your desires, and the people in this world. The reason why we're so much like the world is because we watch the same movies. We listen to the same music. We do the same things. We go to the same colleges. We have the same dreams and ambitions. And the Bible says friends of the world are enemies of God. You make yourself an enemy of God if you're fellowshipping with the world. Now notice it says if you're a friend of the world, if you hang out with the world, if you're part of the world, you make yourself an enemy to God. I'll give you some closing things or remarks you want to talk about holiness. And then we're going to pray and we're going to believe that the power of God, the holiness of God, the fire of God, the anointing of God is going to come upon you tonight and is going to empower you. Because here's the thing, if you're listening to us thinking, oh, this is works, it's absolutely not. It is only by the grace and the empowerment. Believe me, I could have never given up what I gave up if it wasn't for the power of the Holy Spirit, if it wasn't for the work of the Holy Spirit empowering me to get rid of these things, to cleanse my life, because this is really what God is asking us to do tonight cleanse our lives so that we can live that holy calling God has set apart for us. That's right. I think uh, for, yeah, closing remarks on that. People, the beautiful thing is that holiness, perfection, it's not a destination. Come on. It's a path. Holiness and perfection in the eyes of God is not a destination. It's a path. That's why the word repentance means to literally make a U-turn. There's only one type of sin that God forgives. It's repented of sin. God forgives sin that we turn away from. God is serious about it. He's like, hey, just like Peter said, when they said, what shall we do to be saved? And he said, repent, therefore, turn away from your sins, repent for forgiveness of sins, and then you'll receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is God wants you to be free from that stuff. I think about Romans chapter 6, verse 14. The Bible says, Paul wrote, Sin will no longer have dominion over you. You're no longer a slave to sin. Starting today, sin is a slave to you. 
You are a slave to righteousness. Sin is under your feet. Those things that have held you captive, they leave your life tonight. Jesus lifts off that heavy yoke and you receive the rest of God on your life tonight. And when you do, I'll give you a piece of my story. When I tapped into this, I watched the grace of God flow in my life like I'd never seen before. I watched God do things in my life. I watched him honor me as I honored his word. And it was beautiful as I humbled myself and I drew near to God. I watched him expand what it was that he was doing in my life at supernatural rates. It was amazing. He began to open doors. He began to give me a platform to preach his word because he trusted me. He found somebody that he could trust. It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, that the eyes of the Lord look to and fro across the world to show mm. whom he can make himself strong toward. God wants you to be a holy, clean vessel so he can show himself strong in your life. And I believe there's people on here right now. You're going to receive this tonight in the name of Jesus. Yes. And talk to me really quick before we get into this prayer, which you guys do not leave before we pray for you. Talk to me about TikTok blowing up on. Look at look at guys. 200 million, 200 million plus views on TikTok. And he's preaching the gospel. Millions of people, not millions. Let me rephrase that. Hundreds of millions of people are hearing the gospel being preached. Now, I love that we talk about Billy Graham and Reinhard Bonnke, and I honor the people in the past. I love them. I appreciate them. But Billy Graham, Reinhard Bonnke never reached 200 million people online. God is doing a new thing in these last days. God is using social media to reach the masses. Evangelism. This is really... 2021 evangelism, what we're doing tonight. There's 2,300 of you watching, listening, and there'll be close to 200,000 total that will watch this broadcast throughout the week and download it on all the other platforms. This is biblical evangelism in 2021. So talk to me about some of the evangelism you've seen on TikTok, you've seen on Instagram, and how you're really reaching this generation in evangelism when it comes to using these social media. And talk to me about blowing up. Like, what were you thinking on TikTok when you're seeing millions of views and all these? I mean, how, how, how was that for you? Yeah, well, I'll just be completely honest and transparent because that's what we're called to be. So two years ago, when TikTok first came out, the Lord spoke to me and he said, start sharing testimonies on TikTok. Come on. But I thought, God, all there is on TikTok is a bunch of eight-year-olds dancing. Like, they're not going <laughs> to listen to me sharing testimonies on TikTok. So I actually was like, I, I disobeyed God. I didn't, I didn't hearken to the voice of God. And about a year later, he spoke to me again. And I was like, ah, I just don't think people will listen, God. And I didn't do it again. Six months later, COVID hits. And when COVID hits, it was like a ringing voice in my spirit. And God said, get on TikTok now and start sharing testimonies. So I went on TikTok and I'm an entrepreneur guy. Like I've started businesses and stuff. And, and so I went on there initially and I was like, you know what? I'll just start talking about like business and stuff. I didn't, I didn't do what God told me to do. I went on there, start talking about business. All my videos flopped. I'd get like 300 <laughs> videos, 400 videos. No one cared. I was like, oh my goodness. And finally, the Lord in my quiet time, he reminded me of a testimony of me and my friend, Mike. And we were on a road trip and we picked up a hitchhiker and we led her to the Lord in the back of his car. And she got delivered of alcoholism and smoking addiction right then and there in the back of the car and gave her life to Christ. And he said, share that testimony on TikTok. So I went on there and I shared it. And that the first time, the first testimony I shared pertaining to God got 275,000 views. Wow. 
And I was like, all right, well, there's obviously a grace on this. So I went after it. I had a business I was running full time. I had a full time job on top of that. And I just made a decision. It was like a supernatural grace came on me. And I would wake up early, like six in the morning. I'd wake up, I'd do a live stream. I'd post five TikToks a day for six months. I'd do another live stream at night. And the beautiful thing is the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter one, that God watches over his word to perform it. So when you go anywhere, I want people to get this, whether it's on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, your local bar, I don't encourage that one, but doesn't matter where Come you on. go. If you preach the word, God watches over his word to perform it. And so that's what I did. I got on here and I just started preaching the gospel. I started putting the word of the Lord forth. I shared testimonies. People began loving it. In less than six months, I had probably 700,000 followers, and uh, I put down the business. The Lord told me, put your business down, quit your job. You're going full-time evangelist, and I'm going to open doors for you to preach. And he did, and now I'm at 1.7 million. I preached on live streams. I do two to three live streams every single day. These aren't pre-recorded. These are live. I preach every day, two to three times a day. I preached to 165,000 people live just last month. That's not including video views and everything else, outdoor preaching. This is just everyday preaching. I think I preached for like 20 hours total last month, and that's with like a full-time schedule and everything. So I'm committed. Like I go on here. And this is all on TikTok you're doing this. Yeah, this is all on TikTok. This is all on TikTok. And I mean, I do stuff on Instagram too, but here's the thing. It's not like, like I said earlier, I don't go on there and give you like three keys to a, to a cleaner kitchen. Come on. Like when I go on there, Come we on. preach the gospel and God performs the word. I've had people with no eardrum. A woman just the two weeks ago Come went in on. there. She said, I was born with no eardrum. Got a creative miracle over the live stream. People with self-harm scars, completely delivered, totally healed, completely erased. People that were suicidal, going to kill themselves that night. They just happened to run across the live stream and they got radically saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, totally transformed. So people are getting saved by the thousands, excuse me, by the tens of thousands on on that platform. And God's just like, he's honored it. He's just graced it. And uh, my goal is I'm going to reach 200 million people just on views this year. And uh, the goal is by the end of August to be at 2 million followers. And then I'm just going to keep going, man. I want to be by th- at 3 million by the end of the year. going to keep going. Man, what a move of God. I think we think of these numbers. And I, I said this to our chat last night. We say, like, oh, we're reaching a million people or 2 million or 100 million. But these are real people. These are like real, actual, every number is an actual person that's hearing the gospel. He just said, guys, he's live streaming two to three times a day, preaching the gospel to hundreds of millions of people. Guys, this is like God right now. And so for us to brush past and be like, it's not a big deal. This is a revival happening right now online that we are all a part of a digital revival. I know religious people hate it. I know religious people don't like it. It threatens their building program. It threatens their salaries. It threatens their buildings. But I'm telling you, there is a digital revival happening. Let's give some glory to God in the chat. There's a digital revival happening right now where people are getting saved, delivered, and healed. And guess what? For all of you religious people, they're not coming to our churches. They don't step foot, but they will turn on this phone and they will get on TikTok and we are going where the people are. So it's it's unfathomable to be able to reach 200 million people. It's never, never been done by any evangelist in history in person. But now that we're able to do this online, it's unfathomable what God can do on the internet if someone would willingly submit to him and say, Lord, I will use your mouthpiece and I'll sacrifice. Like, bro, you're live three times a day, posting five, you're posting five videos a day. That is an incredible sacrifice 
But you know what? You will be incredibly rich in heaven. You will, you will have treasures in heaven. God is using you tremendously. So man, I would just say we are honored to have you on. I know this is going to be a lifelong friendship. I know that this is just the beginning of all that God wants to do. I want you, if you will, just to pray over all the people watching right now. And we're just going to believe for revival to break out, baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray that God would highlight. This is going to be our main thing tonight. We're focusing, guys, that God will highlight areas in our life that God wants us to remove so that we can live this life of holiness. Many of you right now, type one in the chat. You're saying yes to holiness. There's 2,400 of you. Tonight, you're saying yes to holiness. I'm saying yes again, bro. I'm saying, Lord, I want to live holy. I want you to remove anything in my life. Isaiah Salabar always starts with me. I want you to remove anything in my life that offends you. This is what David prayed. He said, put your finger and point out anything in my life that offends you. So this is what we're praying. This is what we're believing that the Holy Spirit would be searching out like a, a metal detector for sin and compromise. And that he would go and he would detect anything in our life that is not of him. There's thousands of you typing one right now because you just froze my screen. But the Holy Spirit right now is pointing out. So just go ahead and pray over him, bro. And then I'll close out in prayer. We're just going to believe for revival right now. Amen. Lord. Yeah. Before I pray really quickly, I felt this in my spirit right now. Come I got to share this testimony. Go ahead. A couple of weeks ago, I had a young woman reach out to me. She was depressed. She was suicidal. And she was part of the LGBTQ plus community. She reached out to me because she just happened to stumble across my live stream and she got delivered of same sex attraction. If you're watching this right now, there's an anointing for deliverance. If you've struggled with this, if there's sexual sin in your life, whatever it is, I want you to know right now. There's no mountain too big for God, and there's no issue that he doesn't care about that's too small. God will move the speck of dust, and he'll move the mountain all at the same time. Mm. It only took him six days to create everything that you see. He needs less than six seconds to handle your issue right now. If God could deliver her and set her free and give her a new life, he'll do it for you right now. Yes. So let me pray for people. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I take full authority over every wicked plan of the enemy against any individual's life that's listening to the sound of my voice. I break it now in yes. Jesus' name. Receive full deliverance of any wicked spirit of depression, of anxiety, of suicide, of fear. All those things leave your life now in Jesus' mighty name. And I feel there's a healing anointing right now. If you need healing in your body from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, I command your body be healed now in Jesus' mighty name. Headaches, be gone forever. Anything in your, in your flesh or structure, it leaves your body now. Any spirit of infirmity, we bind you, we cast you out in the name of Jesus. I command your body to be made whole, just like the woman with the issue of blood. Any issues in your central nervous system, MS, or you're paralyzed, I command your body to be healed now in Jesus' name. Rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. I command any diabetes, anything that's wrong with your heart, it all leaves your body now in Jesus' name. Receive a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. And Father, I pray right now for anybody struggling with sin, I break the bonds of sin in their life. Holy Ghost, break them free in Jesus' 
name any bondage, any addiction to pornography, any sexual immorality, any spirit of addiction to alcohol, nicotine, or any other narcotic, I break it off these lives in the name of Jesus. Receive a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost and the baptism of fire. The fire of God is going to come on your life now and cleanse anything that's been holding you back from Him in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, Father, we thank you for your power. And I just want to pray over all of you that are saying, Lord, search my heart. God, we ask you in Jesus' name that you would search out our intentions, that you would search out our heart. And I hear the Lord saying, there's even things that you don't think are sin, but they're not holy. They're unholy. And God is going to point these out. Don't argue, God is saying. Don't argue with him when he points them out. Just get rid of them. Just get rid of them. If God is telling you and speaking you to get rid of something, God is saying, just get rid of them. So right now, Father, I pray the same thing you did in my life, in Taylor's life, the things in our life that were not of you, that you Mm -hmm. removed, that you told us to remove. I pray, Lord, that you would right now begin to show them what is it that offends you? What is it that is not holy? What is it that you want us to consecrate and get rid of? Father, we pray by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, bring conviction right now in Jesus' name. Bring conviction right now in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that you would convict me. I pray that you would convict this entire audience tonight all those listening on the replay i pray the convicting power of the holy ghost to begin to go and bring conviction the fire of god would begin to cleanse the fire of god would begin to purify the fire of god would begin to purge away that god you would begin to consecrate that you'd begin to release assignments callings destinies god vision dream revelation as we begin to live the holy life i pray holy spirit that you would just bring a new fire in them god i pray that you would give us power the lord is saying this i'm giving you power to get rid of things you say i'll never be able to break up with this girl or this guy or get rid of this thing i've been addicted to for so long god says i am giving power in jesus name i'm giving power for you to give up that addiction that vape that nicotine those cigarettes god is going to give you power some of you already got delivered from a spirit and now you want to go back but god says i'm going to give you power to not go back he said if your eye causes you to sin gouge it out if your ear causes you to sin if your hand causes you to sin if your feet cause you to sin then get rid of them if your laptop causes you to stumble get rid of it if your iphone causes you to stumble get rid of it if your instagram causes you to stumble uninstall it and delete it in jesus name we pray fire of god satan you are bound in jesus name satan you have no power we say come up and out of these people in jesus name come up and out of them in jesus name we speak the delivering finger of god jesus said if i cast out spirits by the finger of god surely you know the kingdom has arrived so we speak the finger of god we speak the spirit of god we speak the power of god and lord we release you to do what you want to do have your way do what we can't do do what we can't do holy spirit do what only you can do help these people those of you that say i need help i pray holy spirit would begin to help you right now begin to help you right now begin to wean you off of the bottle wean you off of the pacifier of christianity and would empower you to do all the works right now healing release as Taylor prayed we thank you lord that you're healing bodies that you're saving those that you're bringing those that have backslid and that have that have turned from you that have walked away from you that have gone out into the world that you're bringing the prodigals back in jesus name in jesus name thank you yeah. lord thank you lord we just thank you lord
Amen. I want to say too, listen, if you're a pastor watching this and you want to book Taylin, Taylin also speaks and you guys are asking his name. His name's on the screen. It's also in the description. It's also down below on Facebook. I'm sorry, on YouTube, it's down below on Facebook. It's above. He's traveling. He's preaching. He's seeing revivals. Make sure you check out his stuff. Taylin, where else can they find you? Do you have a website? Any events you want to just shout out here? Yeah, absolutely. So as of right now, my schedule for most of August and all of September through the rest of the year is pretty open for total bookings. We're preaching all over the Midwest right now. And you can find me on any social media at Taylin.Michael. Michael's my middle name, Taylin.Michael on any social media. Instagram's probably the best if you want to get a hold of me. Otherwise, my website, RevivalWay.com. RevivalWay, one word, Dot com and you can go at the top of the screen it says book now you can send me an email you can get in contact with us and we would love to come we're bringing revival fire everywhere we go preaching the full gospel with signs wonders and miracles the lord is showing up and uh, i think isaiah is absolutely right there's a remnant rising right now all across america all across the globe god is raising up a final generation before the lord jesus christ comes back not for a beaten broken down bruised ugly bride that's stuck in sin he's coming back for a glorious glorious church a clean spotless without wrinkle or blemish bride and you can be a part of it so we're excited if anyone's interested in joining us on that mission reach out uh, at my website or any social media. And then his events are there too, guys. I know you guys are hungry for revival. Every event we've been doing, over a thousand of you guys have come out to. So get out to one of the events he's doing. If you're in the area, if you're not in the area, come get some revival fire. Get in the presence of God. There's nothing like getting in the presence of God in an in-person service. So make sure you check out his website for his events and everything like that too. That's right. I'll plug the Minnesota event because we have that coming up in two weeks, July 23rd, 24th, and 25th. We got a tent. We got a 400-seater tent. Come We're on. expecting even more people to show up. We got a three-day tent revival, the 23rd, 24th, 25th in Laverne, Minnesota. If you're anywhere in Minnesota, Nebraska, South Dakota, Iowa, anywhere in the Midwest, get out to Laverne, Minnesota. It'll be a power-packed, life-changing weekend. Yes, we need some revival out there, guys. I'm telling you right now, these are some states that they're touching that are very scarce when it comes to revival. And I know this because I've been, I've been traveling for 10 years. I know these states are very scarce when it comes to revival. So get out. You've been praying, Lord, where's a revival happening in Minnesota? Get out to these events and get in the fire of God. Thank you so much, bro, for being on. Everyone, make sure you check him out. Follow his page. I'm going to actually be hitting you up after the broadcast tonight because I want to sow into your ministry as well and make sure that we get you a love offering tonight. But thank you so much, bro, for being on tonight. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. God bless everybody. I can't wait to meet all of you in the future. And uh, I love you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. God is doing amazing things through you. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. All right. God bless. What an amazing time. Guys, so into this tonight. I want to so into Taylin. God is raising him up. God is, yeah, I'm wearing my new shirt there. There you go. For those of you that were asking what what shirt, this is my new one. Um, God is raising him up. And so the links to give are there on screen. I want to sew into him tonight. Help me sew into him. Help me sew into him. All right. All of you that are regulars here, we always talk, say it. Don't dine and dash. There's 2,500 of you right now in the in the chat or live on air here. So please do me a favor and sew into the ministry so I can sew into him. Also pray about becoming a monthly partner that does help the ministry out tremendously. We are supported by you guys and it enables us to just keep doing this full time. This is what I do full time. I live stream. I'm doing four streams right now, uploading every single day, traveling, preaching, and 
it's, it enables us to keep putting out this content. We're not coming out here giving you guys 15-minute little watered-down live streams. We've, we go two hours, guys, all the time. We're hour and 31 minutes in right now. So we're doing, we're doing the stuff. No, he's not married, all right? All you ladies, relax here. I know a bunch of you in the chat have been asking this. Again, this is funny because several of you have. He is not married. He is single, and God is using him. And praise the Lord. So yeah, check out his stuff. Check out his stuff. I do a Venmo. My Venmo is on screen at Isaiah Saldivar is my Venmo. So you can give right there. I'm reading your guys' comments. You guys got that. You guys are bold getting up here saying, is he single? I, I get it. Some of y'all are looking for a man. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.